And welcome back to the Dice Are Screaming podcast with your co-hosts Mike and Randy. Today we are actually going to be tackling the subject of alignment and, well, you know, speaking of thorny, that is one of the thorniest subjects. But before we get to that, we've got a couple of shout-outs we'd like to give. Yeah, um, we've been doing really well on our circulation, our listenerhood, and we want to make sure that all you guys that are listening, you know, when you send us a little bump or shout-out, we want we really appreciate that. So this is what we work on. We're not doing this for any great monetary needs. Or we're going to be coming at you no matter what. But... Uh, we want to give a shout-out to Tim Shorts at Gothridge Manor. Thank you for acknowledging us. We really appreciate that, and you do a great job. Tim Shorts on Gothridge Manor. Love that podcast. Many thanks. And uh, also, we've got our first call-in. Can you imagine that? Our first one. I know. It's almost like we actually are doing this, you know, uh, and people are noticing that it's happening, because, you know, that was not our first impression of how this worked. We just more or less record the conversations that we normally have anyway. Uh, this is this is what it's like, uh, you know, around this hacienda. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, Chuck Doran, uh, playing it wrong podcast. Love the name. Yeah, that that is something else. I mean, it kind of the spirit of gaming is right in there. Uh, you know, just roll with the punches and let the chips fall where they may. I like it. Yeah, and so we're going to give... Give him a little time, and you can listen in to his nice message he sent to us. Hi, guys. This is Chuck with the Playing It Wrong podcast, or AnchorCast, as a lot of folks are calling it. Hey, I just binge listened to your episodes, and, well, welcome to Anchor, and you guys are doing a great job. Loving the show. Keep up the good work. All right. Bye. Okay, and we're back. So thanks again, Chuck. And for all those kind words from all of you out there, just keep them coming, guys. Uh, make sure you download the app, Anchor app, wherever you get your stuff, and uh, you can leave a voice message, too, and we'll play it. Yeah, that's right. Get out there, mix it up, uh, say hello, uh, meet other people in the gaming community, and let them know you're listening. Uh, that is actually the only tangible reward of doing this, is uh, the incredibly nice feeling you get when you realize that some people are enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, <laughs> we're going to enjoy ourselves uh, hanging out and having this conversation, no matter which way it goes. But we're immensely grateful for everyone who does take the time out to say hello and thanks. And all right, so let's get into it. Nothing starts a fight faster at a table full of old school gamers than alignment. Oh boy, throw a rabid possum out in the middle of the table and watch everything fly. Alignment traditionally has always been viewed with a certain amount of disdain, and, you know, it's one of those things that was introduced into the early concepts of the game to stop the basic spread of murder hopelessness. There were consequences to your actions. Now, later when paladins and more defined roles for clerics, such as deities and other things, came about, Alignment started to take on a new form. Because initially when alignment started, it was what? Just law, chaos, neutrality. You know, back when the, the days when the gaze of chaos were just a couple of holes <laughs> in the hills with some chaotic <laughs> neutral tendencies. Why, uh, even the crazy hermit out there was a very young man. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, hadn't, hadn't shanked his first back yet. 
Oh, I wonder no. how many people he's actually killed. We should, oh. at some point, to do some uh, look what? into that. What a body count. Oh, uh, yeah. Caves of Chaos. Just, you know, throwing it out there for those not in the know. Don't trust the crazy hermit. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah, spoiler, but uh, also sound advice uh, from player perspective. No, I, alignment does seem to get some people worked up. Uh, I never really had a problem with it myself, but bear in mind, I, you know, I, like you, came into the game, uh, you know, at the, literally the tail end of the 70s, dawn mm -hmm. of the 80s, uh, and we really hit our stride by the 1980s. Uh, I suppose there are folks out there that were playing in college campuses uh, on a white box set that, uh, you know, had somewhat less in the way of expectations for alignment. But by the time the DM guide was in place, uh, alignment was, you know, pretty firmly entrenched part of gaming itself as far yeah. as D&D went. Yeah, it changed from just being law, neutrality, and chaos, the more classic, more Kockian type of uh, alignment, if you want to put it that way, to uh, include good and evil as well as just true neutral at the center. So you, had, you came out with nine classic alignments. You know, we all know them. Lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, lawful neutral, true neutral, chaotic neutral, lawful evil, neutral evil, and, of course, chaotic evil. And <laughs> <laughs> made so famous by Heath Ledger's The Joker. Uh, the per personification of chaotic evil. Uh, you know, just beautifully rendered. Yeah, that that's another thing about pop culture is that how many times you after playing D and D and learning its alignment system, you sit there and look at uh, various characters on the screen and say that guy's lawful neutral, that guy's lawful evil, you know, that guy's neutral good. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of a fun mental exercise too to give <laughs> give away a little bit. But classically, alignment was there to impose a sort of sense of order to characters who were strongly aligned. Now, classically. What's going to come to the fore is the paladin. Paladin must be lawful good and also adhere to certain strictures. Yeah, it's you know unfortunate uh, in some people's eyes that such a desirable character class is hamstrung uh, by an alignment requirement uh, and service to a deity that put all of these extra requirements on them. Uh, most other classes, even ones with unique talents of their own, do not come with a set of strictures. Yeah, like the ranger had to be good. Mm -hmm. And the assassin had to be evil. But other than that, all other character classes were open. Now, clerics, as the game developed and campaign settings became more prevalent, certain deities became uh, prominent as champions of alignment or actions. Fair enough. Uh, more than a few of them did have, uh, oh, as D&D &D and other games that have spun off since then uh, evolved, you did start to see uh, other deities have requirements for their priests, uh, things that they're supposed to champion above and beyond merely meeting the strictures of alignment. Uh, you know, that it kind of shows that the desirability of alignment as a facet of uh, character development and role-playing uh, 
continued to grow with the game. It didn't just lock in at one point and then just stay precisely the same. Uh, it is it has morphed quite a bit since the early days. Yeah, and even in the early days, you know, you still you can look at the first edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Dungeon Master's Guide. That's a mouthful. Uh, and look at the opening pages of Alignment in the first part of the book, and uh, presumably Gary Gary Gygax uh, speaks about alignment is a simplistic and ideal philosophical for framework from idealistic and philosophical reasonings that are completely subject, subjective according to the acculturation of the individual. Now, he states that you as the dungeon master must establish the meanings and boundaries of law and order, as opposed to chaos and anarchy, as well as the divisions between right and good, and as opposed to hurtful and evil. Right there, he says that they are simplistic and ideally made for a framework. Yeah, it's meant to be a guideline, you right. know, a series of signposts, Only not a straight check. And uh, magic users with quasit and imp familiars need to have a little bit more stricture to their full alignment core values. Yeah, this is not so much uh, a big issue for the you know neutral human fighter who kind of goes along with anything. Uh, people that gain power or advantage in game. Uh, through something that is contingent on their alignment. Now that you got to have in check because you know. Let's face it. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You right. don't get that quasi familiar unless you're out there earning the title of evil, and you don't get that detect evil and healing hands power unless you're out there championing good and law. As it says here, it is of utmost importance to keep rigid control of alignment behavior with respect to such characters who serve deities who will only accept certain alignments, those who are paladins, those with evil familiars, and so on. Part of the role they have accepted requires a set behavior mode, and its benefits are balanced by this. Therefore, failure to demand strict adherence to alignment behavior is to allow a game abuse. And that's the strict reading. Now, only in those cases of those characters is really alignment that important. But some people look at alignment as a straitjacket. And depending on how you play it, it can be. Because there are penalties for changing alignment in first edition. You lose a level. Yeah. yeah. Because it reflects that your character has went through a moral and philosophical change. And during that, there is some penalty. And it's assumed that when you make that change that your initial alignment had been yours for a considerable amount of time before you started play, so that character has to undergo some kind of process to engage this new alignment that they have. And making players pay this so-called stern price of losing a level was a way to keep them from changing their alignments opportunistically. Like if they found a sword that was only accepted a cat at good, wielder. <laughs> Yeah, and we've seen this happen, which, uh, you know, they don't want to be in conflict with the sword. Uh, they desire the power of said item. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, eyeballing a new alignment uh, out of nowhere. And they were pretty happy with the one they had right up until that. But there should be a cost that comes with a radical shift in a character's perceptions. Uh, about the world, the way they interact with it. Uh, it is something to encourage them to select early on who and what they intend to be in-game, 
and then run with it. Uh, don't just dilly-dally and flip-flop back and forth uh, depending on what's convenient at the moment. Uh, you know, alignment is not supposed to be a straitjacket, but it's also not to, supposed to be a flag of convenience that right. you just, you know, run up the mast <laughs> depending on which country you're approaching. Uh, you know, right. that, that is not how it's intended to be, uh, as is made so abundantly clear in the, the classic DM guide. Now, uh, over here we've also got the Pathfinder manual, uh, and its statements on alignment uh, are a creature's general moral and personal attitudes are represented by its alignment, uh, and then it lists the series of alignments. Uh, alignment is not a tool for or, alignment is a tool for developing your character's identity. It is not a straitjacket for restricting your character. Uh, each alignment represents a broad range of personality types or personal philosophies, so two characters of the same alignment can still be quite different from each other. In addition, few people are completely consistent. Uh, there's a worthy point there that even inside the boundaries of an alignment, there's a lot of room for characters to make an impression on the world that is unique to them. That uh, if you happen to be uh, a lawful good cleric, uh, <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean that you're a lawful sucker. Uh, you know, you're you're not a stooge. Uh, you're not a goody two-shoes. Uh, you can be a grim and stalwart defender of the land uh, just as reasonably as you could if you were, uh, <laughs> say, for instance, a chaotic neutral rogue who oh. happens to be virulently partisan about uh, his love of nation and is a grim and implacable foe to all who would intrude upon it, uh, including you know, uh, non-human monsters. Uh, perfectly legitimate character traits from radically different alignments. Yeah, and that's the point of alignment is it gives, helps you develop a character, helps you predict where they're going to go and what more or less they're going to do, but not to the certainty of absolutism. And that's what you want to avoid. You also want to avoid using alignment as a way to bash people. If they do an evil act, like murder a shopkeeper, you know, let chips fall where they may. You know, some alignment changes may be forthcoming. But, on the other hand, you know, the other thing is, is that the paladin cannot be led away carefully. Like, oh, look over here, Mr. Paladin. Uh, the assassin poisons his blade and prepares to sneak up on the bugbear. Yeah, okay, you know, you know, the paladin's not going to stand for people using poison in a party. That's just all there is to it. And just leading him astray is, well, you know, yeah, I didn't see it, so it just it totally happened. Yeah, you can get away with that maybe once, and maybe even twice on sleight of hand or, uh, you know, oh, I just carefully well, do it. And, and let's hash out, let's get into the nitty-gritty details. Say, for instance, uh, there are variations of poison. Uh, you know, you dose an arrow with a sleeping draft to knock the guards out, and the paladin goes, well, it is a dishonorable act, but, you know... Uh, that's a far cry from, you know, like, this is, you know, the, the yellow adder poison. Oh, yeah. My foes will die screaming over a period of 16 hours. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that one will get you a paladin stomp. Yeah, the sleeping poisons and uh, debilitos that slow reflex and things like that may be a little distasteful to the paladin and certainly wouldn't use one. 
but it's not going to cause him, you know, to suddenly lose all his powers. Yeah, we're but, tolerating the presence of a vicious poisoner who wreaks harm on sentient creatures, you know, in the most vile possible way. Yeah, that, that their yeah there is their the alignment kicks in and they they have an obligation. You're like, no, that is. You know, horrifically cruel. I would not do that even to my enemies. You know, just do them the honor of a simple beheading. Yeah, but they're uh, they're an evil creature. You can totally uh, do that to them because they're evil. You hate evil, right? <laughs> oh, I see. So that's the end justifies the means. What are we? Lawful evil? Yeah, that, that's that's where that gets you. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, expressions of alignment uh, and seeking the favor of a deity do not depend exclusively on doing good deeds. Uh, you know, acts of traditional heroism, defeating terrible monsters, those are great too. But in newer versions of role-playing games, there are often moments where characters are called upon to serve their deity and their alignment uh, in ways that reflect who they, they serve. The, uh, all right, by way of example, Caden Killian in Pathfinder. Uh, the god of brawling and drunkenness. Yes. So Shazara, the 8th level fighter, is out on the town and uh, in honor of Caden Kelladian, uh does a keg stand, drinks an entire tankard of ale while upside down, and then clambers atop the bar and leads the entire building in a rousing eight verses of the hedgehog never gets buckered at all. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, Caden Killian is greatly pleased. Yeah, it bestows a blessing. So, yeah, and, you know, we would also be remiss if we didn't talk about other games that uh, came after D&D that were kind of, well, we're past alignment and they wanted to do new things. But And that's fine. They'd come up with things like demeanors, outlooks, personalities that you got bonuses and perks for playing to. Yeah. But it's still, in a way, an enforcement of alignment. If you play, have a mercenary outlook on things, you know, uh, yeah, you're not held to that standard, but you aren't going to receive many benefits in some game systems. Like 7C, if you don't play to those mercenary virtues. If they can actually be called virtues. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, if your character is characterized <laughs> as generous, if that is a personality trait that uh, they came with, then that generosity should be reflected in play. And I personally encourage the use of experience points not as just a stick, but also as a carrot. Uh, it should not just cut one way. Like, oh, well, if you screw up on the alignment thing, oh, you're going to pay the price. It should also be if you ace the alignment thing, uh, if you ace the personality trait, if you make that a part of the way you roleplay your character, there should be perks in there for you. There should be yeah. a little something at the end of the game uh, to say, well played. Uh, and if you're picking up a level ahead of the rest of the team, well, uh, let them take notes on that. Yeah, and it's also like having principles. If occasionally they don't bite you in the ass, you really don't have them. <laughs> and that's the main point, too, is that it's not just to punish player characters, but it's to make them work for those rewards. They can be as simple as just an extra hero point or... Your next role is doubled. You know, that can also be a way of rewarding correct alignment behavior without obtruse mechanics or newfangled gimmicks. Well, yeah, managing to bail out of a botched role uh, yep. is a nice little, you know, uh, perk 
in game that you know. Yeah, they do it on uh, Critical Role podcast where it's passing the bottle cap. You know, you do something really cool. Here's the bottle cap. And, you know, your next roll is on the house. Ah, yeah, one free success. Uh, no, it's it's a thorny subject to be sure, but alignment still has its place, uh, and concepts like alignment still have their place in RPGs, uh, then as now. Yeah, and as we just shown here with the readings from two vastly different uh, approaches to the game, the Advanced Dungeon Dragons, they're still pretty much in lockstep with one another. Yeah, they're not intrinsically hostile to each other's views. Uh, you know, you can obviously see the relationship between the early work and the later work. Yeah, they're distanced by time, but they're still tied by the same spirit. And that's what we really cover here at the Dice of Screen podcast. It's not that we really want to champion an old school or a new school playing, but how in the modern era there's games that we like to play, but we also have a strong grounding in our past. And, you know, we like games that give us a reconciliation between those two times. Yes. And the more we find out, the less has really changed. It's still pretty much all the same. Oh, and every bit as enjoyable as it was then. Uh, mm -hmm. I have... Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I've rarely met a game that I wouldn't at least give a chance to. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that that comes of uh, the only facet of old school spirit that I strongly champion, which is uh, the enjoyment of as many different games as possible. You like yeah. jump out there, explore, get your head full of other ideas, uh, discover, uh, be challenged, uh, be thrown off guard. Uh, that's the fun in those games. And mm -hmm. I never really had a good time when I knew the ending. Uh, I always had a great time when I wasn't sure what was coming next. Yeah. And, you know, hey, we had a discussion about alignment that didn't involve a fistfight. Oh, for once. Yeah. 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 You know, and I think that's a good thing to walk away from this. <laughs> because some of the best arguments I've ever had have been around the gaming table. Oh, yeah, well, I, I think they were the, the best ever had in part because uh, at the right table, you know, it is a spirited discussion among friends and it doesn't change the way you look at each other at the end of the week, uh, which you know, at this point I would be hard-pressed after 35 years uh, to find something that would tick me off enough to, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, yeah. No table flippage here. No. Anymore. Just some thrown uh, empty Mountain Dew bottles. But, yes. okay, we have walked that one, I think, through pretty well. So, thanks for sticking with us. And, again, shout-outs to all those who are listening and let us know what you like. What you don't like, just keep it up. And also remember to check the WordPress blog at Dice Are Screaming. And feel free to look us up at our usual haunts on Twitter, where I can be found at MagiVox. And you can be found at... Death and Gaming. That's D-E-T-H-A-N-D Gaming on Twitter. And with that, may the dice, dice always roll, roll in your favor. favor. We're well. out.